welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. Today I jump on the mic with a longtime, very dear friend, Kate Wharton. It's very selfish of me to deem her a good friend because, well, wait a minute, it's not selfish, it's true. I love her dearly. The reality is she's gone on to create an incredible business. She's an entrepreneur, she's a creative director. I just want you to know she's so many more great things than my great friend. Yet to me, Kate Wharton is a beacon of truth, of beauty, absolute beauty. Would you please make it cute if you're with Kate Wharton? And of finding her own path, of forging her own way. So nearly a decade of leading her own creative agency, working with clients around the world. The most interesting clients find her. And I just feel so lucky that the most important thing I share is she created the very, very, very first Corker Co. brand. Uh, she created our colors. She created our logos. She created our fonts and brought the package together. And here we are nearly 10 years later, and she continues to iterate. She continues to be one of my best friends. And I'm so proud of our working relationship because it doesn't always happen this way. So I asked her to jump on the mic. I wanted to hear about things through the lens of a creative genius like herself. And she definitely drops lots of truth bomb nuggets for you in this episode. And I hope you enjoy. May you all be so lucky to have a Kate Wharton in your life. Well, Kate Wharton, welcome to the pod. I am absolutely stoked that you said yes. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Steph. I know it takes a lot to get your creative genius to come out from behind the screen uh, and onto a mic. And I don't take your yes lightly. I appreciate everything you are and do for us at the Cork Co. and in my own little world. And it feels so important that we get your perspective on the world and how you see the world. And that's where we're going to go. Does that sound cool? I take me on this journey with you. We're going on a journey. The journey begins with Kate Wharton. Will you please introduce yourself and tell us who are you in 2023? Okay. Well, I love that you've situated this in a year because I do feel like people change quite significantly year year to year. Um, In my head, who I am in 2023 is like an avid gardener growing my cut flower garden in my backyard in Portland, Oregon, um, getting out into the mountains as much as I can, mother of golden retrievers. Um, But corporately, I run a small creative agency called Studio Millie, and we are um, across different time zones, Portland, Calgary, Toronto, and London, UK. And we work with um, businesses like yours, which I'm sure we'll get to, Steffi. And um, we like to say that we work with companies who are perhaps not the small fries, but not yet the big fries. So people who are in their moment of growth and expansion, um, we work with these mid-sized businesses to help them make a long-lasting stamp on the world. So that's what we've been doing. You make such a beautiful stamp. And I love that you use that word because you always remind me to create real things. So as much as you're here for digitalness, you have been along for our journey for probably every single real asset that we've ever made that you've held in your hand, whether it's a crew neck or socks or bike kits. Um, And it so has left a dent, left a stamp. We need to back up, rewind, 
you are in Portland and you have been running your own agency for how many years now? Maybe not 10 yet, but probably, probably skirting quite close. Close a decade of this. And you have done this work in different locations. Mm -hmm. Um, You've relocated from BC to Alberta, back to Toronto, and now in Portland. And I'm curious if you can share the entrepreneurial journey that has been along for that ride. Uh, it, it feels like something we don't talk about. It's one thing to run a company. It's another thing to move your life around and to be acquiring clients all over the world while you're doing this. Yeah. I mean, I think that like there was this sort of distinct moment, actually, when we worked at Lululemon, I think that we were working on the careers page overhaul. Um, and we were sitting in this boardroom and I was looking around the table and I think it was like majority women as Lululemon days were. And people were just absolutely like killing this meeting, just running the best, coolest, most strategic meeting in sweatpants. And like, I had this moment of clarity, I think right before I started my own business, where it was like, you can run a really thriving, successful business in sweatpants. And I think that mentality has sort of stuck with me through moving from different countries, different cities to each other, where, you know, like this glossy corporate world that sometimes I toy, like, would I ever fit in back into those shoes? But I think there's something that's so freeing about releasing this sort of corporate gloss that you have, you know, like needing to be in a corporate office, needing your company to look a certain way. And I think that's been really instrumental for me, like moving from Vancouver to Calgary and not having to feel like, where's our office? What does this look like? Moving from Calgary to Toronto, having to sort of rehire employees or refine what that you know, sense of normalcy looks like, but there is those moments of like, it doesn't have to be this corporate gloss to, to sort of make a meaningful dent. So I think that's been sort of like this theme that's followed me corporately that, um, yeah, it just helps you not feel so tethered to the expectations of what other people think a business has to be. So Mm. I do wear sweatpants, like, well, leggings, but like every day. And I still feel like you can, you know, run a company and show up really like impactfully to people in suits, even if you don't have like four walls and a suit and tie, you know? Absolutely. I love that you are not tethered to how, and yet I feel you are always tethered to what you are doing in the world and how you're doing the work. And I'm wondering if you can share that vision, um, the vision that you have been tethered to that has allowed you to move around the world to create for so we're going to get to clients and, and whatever form of client sharing you can do, because I just think you, you clearly are tethered to something. And it's beautiful that you're not tethered to geography and you're not tethered to what people wear or even where they are. Tell me what you are tethered to. Really good question. There's been like a lot of soul searching because I think in, especially in a creative field, there's this idea that you have to be like making a huge dent in the world or having this huge impact. But after reflecting on what my why is, I truly believe that I was put on this earth to make things look 
nice and like look mm-hmm. beautiful. And sort of my mom used to say, like, leave a room better than when you walked into that room. And I'm like, I think my why and what tethers me to doing this type of work is like, I really just feel a need to make things look nicer than they do and more beautiful. And I think that there's impact in the outcome with that when you just have a focus on the aesthetic and the beauty. And I think that that, you know, you said it yourself earlier, like we do have a vested interest in print and offline and experience that translates to digital, but ultimately like we just want things to look beautiful, be communicated properly and like have a better impact in the world. And I think that that is enough of a why, like, I think that making things look pretty is Mm. fine. Oh, it's better than fine. I did a podcast with a beautiful friend named Kemi a few, a few weeks ago now, and she recently wrote a book called power helping women lead and live an unapologetic life. And when I asked her what she was most excited about, she just said creating more beauty in the world because it's not hard to find ugly things, ugly people, ugly conversations, not that people are ugly, just ugly interactions among us as humans. And she's creating a flower farm and it it was so beautiful. We talked about growing flowers and how to get peonies to bloom. I thought it was magical and you really do create a flower farm everywhere you go. Are you actually growing flowers offline? Yes. Oh, this was one of the first things we did when we moved to our house in Portland is I, we ripped up the backyard and planted garden beds. And I just have been sowing seeds and watching them bloom and like having a fresh bouquet on my table every week has just been mentally so transformative. Oh, I care about these things, these little things more than more than anything else. I want to know how you are picking your own flowers these days. How are you picking things that you grow? What are you growing? And it might be something literal and it might be, you know, a social media following if that's what you're into. It's it's a powerful question, especially for our listeners. Ask yourself that. What am I growing? What am I harvesting? What am I cutting and putting on my table to be inspired by? Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Can you tell me about a project or maybe three that you're most proud of and the work that you've done that you're like, gosh, this team nailed it. We did something really cool. Well, first of all, I feel like I would be remiss not to shout out my team who Uh, just night and day and literally night and day because we work across so many time zones, just the ability to take work and transform it. We've all been working together for, I think our newest employee is like three years. So we've all been working together for so long that the ability that these girls have to just take an idea and develop it into something that our clients never would think about or, you know, never ask for is just unbelievable. I feel like I've hired the smartest and coolest people in the world. So I feel like this is a cop out a little bit, but like every project to me feels like there's moments of like surprise and beauty and wonder that the girls can bring. And lately we've been working a lot with businesses that, you know, they're not looking for something that's just like a rebrand tied in a little bow and off you go. We've been really developing long-term partnerships with design clients who really are looking for partners to help keep pushing them. So we work with this 
thriving ice cream enterprise in California. And every day they come to us with a new request, like, what would this look like? And they give us, I think, enough freedom and enough space for our team to just really thrive in that. They don't, they're not prescriptive. They just say, what, what would it look like to, you know, create new packaging that nobody's ever seen before? And I think that is the way that my team is able to just really like create, we call it, we, here's an aside. I always say two pigeons and a flamingo is what we try to deliver to our clients. So two ideas that you might predict, might have asked for. And then one thing that is just so outrageous and something that you just would never expect, like nine out of 10 times the flamingo gets picked because that is the moment where the girls can just run wild and like not be constrained by creative boundaries and not be constrained by a client's request. And so this is how we've just been able to develop these long lasting relationships with these clients that we're able to work on these projects. And because we have such a strong partnership with them, we think about their ideas while we're in the shower. We think about their ideas while we're on a walk in the morning. And I think those are like our favorite projects. Oh, okay. So I think you're flamingo farmers. And I think that um, folks need to come to you when they want a flamingo. And folks are coming to you for the flamingo. And that is so cool. You also, you know, touched on it. The reality is that people want optionality and they come thinking they want a pigeon or like they have a clear vision. And there's something so powerful to releasing your own specific vision to put in the hands of a creative agency that will really show you, you are the ultimate, you know, surprise and delight. Show us what we didn't even know we wanted. Show us what we didn't even know how to put to words. And I can attest that you have done that time and time and time again with the Corporate Co. And sometimes I feel like it's a flamingo with one leg down. Other times it's a flamingo with two legs down or it's a flock of flamingos. It's just how do you want your flamingo to dance? And that feels so cool. And there is something, I mean, more than ever, we talk about it all the time, the power of collective, the power of team. The power of being in your team's minds while you're showering. Gosh, that's priceless. That's like, get on the books. Oh, I love it. I'm hitting the pause button on this sweet episode to tell you about something that you might like. Our newsletter, we call it The Corkboard. It has all things juicy, whether you are looking to keep in touch between episodes or find out more about our coaching, development, or hot new jobs that we're working on. The link is in our show notes. Your inbox is sacred and your time is too. So now let's get back to the episode. Okay, that being said, it's never lost on me that flamingos don't just dance on their own. And you are, I mean, I think constantly experiencing beauty and searching out beauty. And I have to ask, like, where do you go to be inspired? Where do you go to see what's next? Or what are your versions of trends worth jumping on versus trends, like letting the train go by? Like there's a new one going to come down the track. Mm -hmm. Great question. I remember the first time I did strengths finder, one of my strengths, which surprised me was input. And Ah. I have no idea what that meant or what I, I don't even think I knew anybody who had that as a strength. And when I started digging into it, 
the meaning of it was like collector and sort of a collector of many different things. And I was like, I don't have a stamp collection. I don't want to collect physical things. I'm such a thrower awayer, but it really resonated from a creative standpoint where I think that collecting inspiration from so many different things and different experiences is how I've built a big inspiration. So, you know, I sometimes would get a color palette from the cut flower garden, but I would also sometimes get a color palette from the WGSN like trend forecasting agency in London. So I think that there's sort of like this balance of Pinterest, dog hair, artwork in the world, going for a walk, neighbor's garden. And I think that there is no one sort of like moment or one sort of agency or governing thing that I go to for what what's the solution, but just more of like a what's going on in the world around you, and which I think you can only experience if you slow down and you stop like the hustle and just like being able to be open to different things. Yeah. Take it in. Slow down enough to realize that your flowers might be the next color palette. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned input and strengths finder, and I can't help but go off of that to say as a founder and as a leader of teams, how do you invest in your own development? Ooh, good question. So I think the like corporate response is I've always been working with a coach or I'm a junkie for things like Strengths Finder and, you know, different courses and programs that you can go into. But I really do feel like there are seasons for that too. Like, I think that if you're constantly hunting the next Strengths mm-hmm. Finder or the next program or like enrolling in this or that, I think you lose, you know, you lose it. Like I think last, um, last month I was in Calgary with my employees there and like, there's something about physical development and leadership development and just like having breakfast sandwiches on the deck with the girls, like doing a craft, you know? So there's a moment for traditional leadership development. And I think there's a moment for breakfast sandwiches. Yeah. Togetherness on the dock, on Mm -hmm. the deck. Absolutely. I love it. And I love the seasonality of it. I think there's something to be said for like always on the hustle, always in development. Is that what we're up for? Is that sustainable? Is it, you know, I'm, I often wonder when is the time for integration and when do you get to live and see what it's like and, you know, try on some of the things that you're, you know, you've been taught or coached on or spoken of that then what and so I love that this is odd I I found keys on a bike path on a run yesterday and I came home and you know posted online that I had found these keys and then uh, I had to naturally google what is the significance when you find keys and it talks about new doors opening and unlimited potential and I I just had to bring that one to this podcast to say if you were to find some keys what door do you hope that they would unlock for you? Oh, you always got to count on Steph to bring the like metaphorical thoughts. What door would this open? You know, we're in kind of an interesting industry in design specifically because the future is changing very quickly. There's a lot of like AI happening and jobs are sort of being like lost and or the potential of them being lost. And 
as somebody who really doesn't do a lot of digital or online things, like it's kind of weird for me to look at that, the digital future and say like, what does that look like? But it is sort of at the forefront of everybody's brain right now where you do sort of wonder what is the future of our industry? What does it look like? And sort of how can we harness these tools now to use them in our favor so that when this future is coming, what do our, what does the future jobs look like? You know, like we're big in print packaging, like, is it, what does the future of a hot cup at a restaurant look like? So I'm like the door, I think that I'm really interested in exploring right now is that integration of what is the future of packaging? What is the future of restaurants and the brand experience and sort of, you know, what can we do now with these keys that when those doors do open for us in the future, what, what can we do with them? Amen. Good job. Yeah. I think it's so powerful to hear about industries that, you know, AI or robots feel at the forefront of, and I can't help but wonder, like, is this a phase or is it forever? And lots of people want to tell you it's forever. And I'm like, okay. And at the end of the day, like humans are still going to be humans. And are we going to become robots? Like, I don't know. And I love that the future door is what you would want to unlock. I think I would want to unlock a food factory in my backyard, just kale for everyone. (laughs) Pumpkins, a pumpkin patch for everyone. Kate, the time goes by so fast and there are so many other pieces and places we could riff on. I want to end with two questions. One is a little bit about a key and one is about your heart. So the first one about a key is maybe less future focused, yet I just have to ask if there's one brand or one product that you wish you could rebrand and make it a little bit nicer, what would it be? Okay. Without a doubt. Yeah. It's Goodreads. So the app Goodreads, they, I read 52 books a year. And so I am committed to my Goodreads account, updating it, making sure I hit this. So I'm on this app every minute of the day. So I try to read a book a week, update my Goodreads and like off we go. This app is super hard to use. It's not beautiful. And I have a board of directors and probably once a week we talk about trying to pitch Goodreads to let us rebrand them, let us help them with their interface let them help us make it beautiful. So no shred of doubt in my brain what that would be. I love this. I think board of directors, Goodreads, it will happen in 2023. I don't have a doubt. I don't have a doubt. Can you tell us your top three favorite books of 2023? Oh, I don't know about top three. I did just read um, The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. Oh, That feels like a really apt book that I feel like people should read. There is like this, um, well, I'm a big cleanser, but it's um, a book about how to prepare your space, to leave a legacy, to not leave burdens behind, to sort of like always be living in your space with the idea of what does the future look like? It's really light and fluffy and cute, but I think it's like a must read Hot diggity. That's not what I thought you'd suggest. So we'll make sure that's linked below. Okay. And the last question, it's all about your heart. And I want to know what is making your heart beat faster, my friend. 
Well, so I knew you were going to ask this. So I've been thinking about this all week and I feel like in my life right now, and maybe it's because of all the moves, maybe it's because of running a company, I'm really focused on making my heartbeat slower and really focused on like breath work, meditation, walking instead of spin classes, or like observing instead of reacting my team because they work across different time zones. I felt myself waking up, immediately checking Slack, immediately having Zoom meetings at 7 a.m. And so I've started walking for 45 minutes in the morning, every morning before opening Slack. And so I think it's like the slowdown. So for me, we're not beating faster over here. We're just going to beat slightly slower, take it down a notch. And that I think is helping drive like a simplicity in my life right now. So, so beautiful. Well, Kate Wharton, I love every minute I get with you. Thank you for jumping on the mic. Thank you for sharing nuggets and future and current. Thank you for making ice cream beautiful. And thank you for always being our go-to for the Corker Co. Thank I you, love Stephanie. your guts. Love ya. And you know what makes my heart beat faster? The fact that I get to share with you that this podcast is brought to you in partnership with More Good Media. Our friends over at More Good Media are spreading the good word, one conversation, one podcast at a time. So thanks so much for your support. We are so glad to be here in partnership. Oh, hey, before you go, you know, listening to podcasts on this thing called the internet, it's a wild ride. And what would be so helpful on our wild journey is if you would be so kind to jump on and give us a review. Four, maybe even five stars. It really helps. Thanks for joining us.